be patient. This is a long process and it's not linear and everybody says that, but the reality of that can be really discouraging. So uh, be really patient with yourself and you can be your own biggest champion in, in your healing process for as long as it takes. Hello, and welcome to Equip to Recover, where we explore the intersection of recovery stories and eating disorder science to show you that recovery is not only possible, it is so worth it. I'm Christina Safran, co-founder and CEO of Equip, and today I'm so thrilled to be joined by Rebecca Ayer. She's an experienced therapist specializing in the care of eating disorders and trauma, and her career has covered a variety of different areas, including eating disorder treatment, marketing and philanthropy and those experiences uh, thankfully led her to Project Heal where a little over three years ago she stepped in as CEO of Project Heal, a title that we both held uh, as she entered the role shortly after I stepped away to create Equip. Yes. Uh, so I'm excited for you all to listen in as Rebecca and I answer a burning recovery question from our audience of warriors. And today's question comes from Carice. Carice asks, do you have any tips for how I can ensure that my recovery is sustainable, that I don't let it slip without constantly having to think about it? I'm enjoying the fact that I don't fixate on food all the time anymore, but have previously gotten to this place and relapsed due to taking my eye off the ball and not prioritizing my recovery. Is it just time and consistency that's going to get me to a place where I'm able to be free from needing to be on guard to not let my recovery slip? I'm in my mid-40s, and I've had an eating disorder and or disordered eating for approximately 30 years. Oof. I, have, I have so many thoughts about this, and I, I can only think in analogies, of course. Um, my, in my own experience, I had a turbulent childhood and a really complicated relationship with my mom. And, you know, there's a really deep part of me that is just a wounded child, right? And I've been looking for this thing I never got. And it has complicated some of my romantic relationships. There's there's a there's a, a way in which some of this stuff can be kind of analogous where I have felt like doomed to repeat the same pattern. And why can't I just get over this thing that's sort of stuck and embedded in my mind? And I, I remember being at brunch one day and hearing and having someone sort of just say like, it's not until we acknowledge that like, not only did we not get that thing, but we will never get it, that we can actually move on um, and heal. And I think there was something in that that reminds me of this question, where there's a certain degree of acceptance of like, maybe I really will always have these intrusive thoughts. Like, maybe I will always have a part of me that is a child who did not get her needs met. And there isn't anything I can do, <laughs> no matter how hard I try, as much therapy as I've been in, to change that fact, right? And especially now, my mom and dad are, have both passed away. I, I have been left with this legacy. And I can spend all of my time trying to find somebody else to make me feel better about it or trying to wish I didn't feel that way or think about that. And I think it's so much more helpful to me to just be able to say, that's a part of my story that is part of my brain wiring. And this to me doesn't mean that you'll always have an eating disorder. I, and some people do believe that. And some people have that experience. And certainly without access to care, that's a possibility. But it's not about like, this is always something you're going to have to deal with. It's just like, it's actually just a part of who you are, right? There's, a, there's, a, there's something indelible about certain experiences that 
dramatically shape our identity and our and our brain wiring. I think the difference in this particular case is that it's like the thought versus the behavior. And to me, healing is about what you choose to do. You can have all kinds of thoughts. People with OCD who have intrusive thoughts that are sometimes really scary and even violent can live peaceful lives with those thoughts. I think it's so important and it's peaceful. What I mean by peaceful is like they aren't violent people. They just have intrusive violent thoughts that are part of a mental health condition that they can't help, right? So I'm like, can we, can you accept like I'm someone whose brain is hardwired to go to my eating disorder thoughts when X, Y, Z occurs? If that can become something that you know about yourself, then I think you can be more prepared for it when it inevitably happens. I think knowing that you're going to be someone who when something stressful happens or a big loss occurs or you, you know, a major illness affects you, like you're very likely to have those thoughts again and get ready for them. And I think there's even something to learn about. There's a lot of other cultures that do a lot better of a job about grief than our culture, where we talk about like, instead of thinking we're healed from our grief or over our grief, there are cultures that welcome back. I can't recall which culture. I'm sorry, I can't remember it. But I remember there was like this black dog of grief. And, and, and when the black dog came to the door, you just said, hi, I expected you. Like, come on in. Sit with it for a minute. Mm-hmm. You, you knew that you were never, you know, there's no world in which you're never going to see this black dog again. Be hospitable. Send it on its way. There's a lot to acceptance, I think, when it comes to this that can make it feel less like you're getting hit by a tsunami when the thoughts come and you were hoping that they would never come again and somehow the thought returning alone is a symbol of failure. I I don't think that's true at all. I find so much hope in that. Um, Me too. Thank you, Rebecca, for sharing your insights on Courageous Burning Question. Yes, of course. It's been such a pleasure having you here. I have a couple more quick questions before we wrap it up. What words of wisdom would you like to leave our listeners with, especially those warriors who are going into battle with their eating disorder every single day? Be patient. Be really, really patient. This is a long process and it's not linear and everybody says that, but the reality of that can be really discouraging. So uh, be really patient with yourself and be as patient and kind with yourself in the way that you want others to be with you, if that makes any sense. Like I think work really hard to give yourself the gifts that maybe people around you who don't understand or aren't as equipped might struggle to give you. Like you can be your own biggest champion in in your healing process for as long as it takes. I think being committed to doing that rather than like waiting for other people to give that to you who might might not or might do it sloppily or inadequately. I think that will be I think a really big asset in your in your healing journey. Thank you so much for your time today and for all the incredible work that you've put out into the field to help others recover. I so appreciate you and everything you do, the difference that you're making in the world. It is so, so needed. And thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for listening to Equip to Recover. Remember, recovery is not only possible, it is worth it. Find out more about Equip and how you can access treatment that works over at equip.health.